It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Back in the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, hour number two in your Friday afternoon. 547-1610 is the number if you want to get involved. Also via email, 610KONA.com. Bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter as well, at bottom line 610. Uh, Leroy listening in Kennewick. Shot us an email, said, in your opinion, have the denizens of Chaz renounced their United States citizenship? You know, it's an interesting question. Um, it does take quite a bit to lose your U.S. citizenship. Uh, one of the things, of course, is an act of treason, which I don't know if this necessarily falls into that category or not. Um, the other thing, of course, is if you decide to become a primary citizen of another country, uh, you can possibly lose your U.S. citizenship. Um, but I don't think that this particular situation will be renouncing their citizenship um they would i don't know that this would be considered necessarily an act of treason um so i i think their citizenship is is probably fine uh don't know that that's going to be something that they're going to have to worry about nor is is it anything that that's going to be pursued um want to make you aware there are a couple protests peaceful that have been planned in this area one has been going on since about, what, 1 o'clock this afternoon outside City Hall in Kennewick mm-hmm. that, uh, as of this point in time, has been peaceful. About 100 uh, people, 150 people. Yeah. There's one planned for tomorrow in Kennewick, uh, Columbia Center Boulevard, that I think is uh, 11 o'clock in the morning, something like I that. I believe so. That one, you know, we again, in our area, we have not had the issues that other areas have had, the Protests have been peaceful, and and that's wonderful. Um, protest, make your voice heard, uh, make your opinions on the issues that you don't like known. You do it peacefully. Nobody's going to have an issue. Nobody's going to have an issue with it at all. It is your right to do so, and as long as it stays peaceful, nobody's going to have any any complaints about it. it. It may interrupt some things. It may make things a little difficult, but peaceful. No problem. I don't think we're going to see any autonomous zones here in the Tri-Cities, so I don't know that that's, that's necessarily something that uh, that we're going to have to face, um, which is a good thing. Um, because the, the, that's the other part of this. Um, everything with, with some reasonability is okay. You can protest reasonably. Peacefully is reasonably. When you start to go to extremes, that's when you get the pushback. So, you know, I mean, everybody wants to be able to express their voice. And as long as you do it in the means and the manner that you are allowed and afforded under the law, go right ahead. Knock yourself out. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, they didn't want to hang with us. 547-1610-509-547-1610. One six ten. So, 
we'll see how this continues to play out. I mean, and, and you know, Ed, you saw something interesting a little bit earlier that uh, University of Washington has been out. Now, have they actually been in the autonomous zone testing people for COVID-19? No. Okay. No, no, no. No. Uh, what, what UW Medicine has been doing over the last few weeks now, because the general protests, not talking about the autonomous zone, just the general protests. Um, that have been going on in Seattle, they have uh, seen some people because of uh, that they've they've had um, symptoms, mm-hmm. possible symptoms of COVID nineteen. So that's one of the things, right? Is you know some people are wearing masks, uh, most are not social distancing, and some are not wearing masks, doing their their protesting. Well, they've uh, UW Medicine has done three about three thousand COVID nineteen tests on people who have been in those protests in Seattle and have shown signs uh, that are COVID possible. Okay, so they've tested them uh, so far. I mean, they continue to do them as long as the protests go, and you know, and there's the the incubation period and all that. Stuff. Sure. Okay. So of the 3,000 tests that have been done on Seattle protesters, how many, How much would you say are coming back positive for the virus? We've seen the video. You know, there's a lot of people that are not wearing masks, and they're certainly not social distancing. What would, what would you say is, is the percentage of positive tests out of this uh, 3,000 sample size? Well, if we follow what the normal trend has been, um, just the average, mm-hmm. you figure large populations, people around, factor in asymptomatic versus symptomatic, 3-4%. Yeah, I mean, the, the right now, it's uh, about 5% or so on, as far as the, the state, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. going to the state uh, website. So, you know, 3-4-5% you're talking about. Uh, UW Medicine reports that less than 1%. Less than 1%. Less than 1%. Of the 3,000 they've tested. Of the 3,000 that they have tested so far have come back positive for COVID-19. Would that be data and science? That would be science. Okay. Yes, and data. And Okay, so the governor yes, From the UW that. science people right. that, that, you know, some, some people really, really like and, and follow a lot. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Joining us on the program is the uh, Senate Minority Leader, Mark Schessler, from uh, from Ritzville. Senator Schessler, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. How are how are things on the tractor? Uh, busier than all get out. Uh, it's a busy time on our farm, and it's a, actually a busy time to be uh, the Republican leader. Well, let's uh, let's dive into it. Uh, I think the first and foremost, um, from a legislative standpoint, uh, we've already seen some reports about budget shortfalls and and things of that nature because of the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. What is the latest, if anything, on a special session that you're hearing? Well, clearly, the Senate Democrats have drugged their feet and refused to have a session until at least August. And that's really unfortunate because the people's elected representatives should have a role in determining 
where $2 billion in federal relief goes, but also uh, the budget situation that's estimated at $7 billion really can't wait. And if you look at 15% across the board cuts, uh, those aren't smart cuts. Uh, We can eliminate the rate of growth in programs, salaries, before we start cutting uh, core benefits for things like kids with developmental disabilities. So I believe we can do a lot smarter job of appropriating funds if we're in session and we're working together. Now, aside from the 15% cuts that uh, are looking like will be imminent, maybe explain to people um, what the benefit or drawback would be to have a special session now versus August or even waiting until January when you're supposed to go back to Olympia anyway. Well, first of all, we could run out of working capital before January. Secondly, the but the second year of the biennium starts July 1. And it's much easier to reduce the rate of an increase than it is to take a cut. Unfortunately, uh, 15% is not discretionary. And on one hand, we're still increasing some programs. That's just not right. And we're talking with the Republican uh, leader of the State of Washington Senate here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Senator, some estimates say it could be a projected $7 billion shortfall for the state's budget when this is all said and done. Obviously, uh, $7 billion is a big hole to dig out of. And the first reaction that people are going to have is what's going to go up to cover it? Because there's only so many cuts that can be made. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the things that you and other leaders in on your side of the aisle have discussed as either things that could be revenue generators and things that would need to be cut thing, and also things that can't be cut? Well, first of all, basic ed can't be cut. But let's catch our breath and step back. During the Great Recession, we actually had less money than the prior biennium. That's not the case this time. We'll have more money than the prior biennium. But if you remember, spending grew at a rate of 20% a biennium. So if we look at where we were on spending just two, maybe three years ago, we see our way back there. But if you look at where the reduction should be first you eliminate the growth should anybody get a paycheck when their neighbor is laid off and the small businesses on main street are failing well of course not we need to stop those increases now Uh, we probably missed an opportunity for at least 500 million dollars in new spending growth that the governor could have eliminated so until we've gone through and looked at all of the increases all of the things that really aren't necessary in government, then somebody can have that discussion. But there's clearly people that are taxed first, cut later. And we don't have an economy that can stand those tax increases. We're talking with Senator Mark Schessler, the Senate Republican leader from the 9th District here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. 
Uh, Senator, I need to ask you, you've, you've spent enough time in your nearly three decades in the legislature on the west side of the state. A uh, lot of areas over there I'm sure you have visited uh, more than once, probably quite frequently, frequently, including the Capitol Hill area. I want to read a tweet for you that Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin put out within the last half hour that says, Seattle is fine. Don't be so afraid of democracy. With what we're seeing that's gone on over the last couple of days, um, what is what? Is, what are your concerns about the way this has been handled by leadership uh, in the city of Seattle and also in the executive branch of our state government? First of all, what leadership? There is none. Uh, if you look, Seattle probably has one of the more progressive law enforcement agencies in the state, and they were forced to walk away from a precinct headquarters and give it to Antifa and other very, very violent protesters. How would you like to have a business in an area taken over by these radicals? That's not leadership. And realistically, would you want to give up part of downtown Kennewick and turn it over to mob rule? Of course not. This is, this is absolutely chaos, and it shows an acute lack of leadership in Olympia and in Seattle. Last night, Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best, and apparently the messaging here is, is, is a little bit off between the police chief and the mayor, because she said last night publicly that rapes, robberies, and all sorts of violent acts have been occurring in the area, and we can't get to them. Yet Mayor that, Durkin is calling this a summer of love. That is absolutely a fact. The Seattle police chief is a progressive. She is not a um, rough-talking southern pot-bellied sheriff. She is a progressive person in law enforcement. And if she sees a crisis, she knows far more about law enforcement than Jenny Durkin, and she is really considered a progressive would you surrender part of downtown Kennewick to mob rule? I, I think not. I think there are many areas in eastern Washington that you could ask that same question, and the answer would be the same. But it also brings up an, another interesting point, and I'm not certainly not advocating this in any way, shape, or form, but I have seen some people in eastern Washington float the idea, well, gosh, we've, we've tried to separate the right way for since 1894, um, maybe we just declare Eastern Washington an autonomous zone because if the governor's not going to do anything about Capitol Hill, what's he going to do here? Well, it's a nice tongue-in-cheek, but he'd probably decide <laughs> for the first time to call out the National Guard. Well, yeah, because it's Eastern Washington. Um, legislatively, is there anything that could be discussed whether it's in special or whether it's in the full session coming in January, to address situations like these, or is this strictly in the hands of local government and the governor's authority? Well, nothing says we can't have an adult discussion about those things and see what it is uh, that would maintain law and order and let law-abiding businesses stay open and citizens feel safe. I mean, Public safety is a fundamental role of government. If you have a business in this Chaz area, 
are you're being denied the ability to do business, the ability to go freely back and forth to your business. This is mob rule at its worst. We're talking with State Senator Mark Shessler, the Senate Republican leader here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Senator Shessler, back uh, to the budget for a moment, if I could, uh, and, and any special session that may or may not come about. Um, we were all kind of waiting for this other shoe to drop during the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, the long shutdown of uh, business and industry and, and government and everything else over the past few months. And even though we are starting to open up parts of the state, uh, we've got some ground to make up on the revenue side. Um, it was announced earlier that uh, former uh, Speaker of the House, Frank Chop, who still is a, uh, a member of the, of the state house, has announced that he plans to uh, put forth a package of bills uh, aimed at, uh, you know, kind of shortening up that gap between revenue and expenses by introducing not a straight-up income tax, but a capitals, capital gains tax, which a lot of scholars and even people involved in the law think is the same thing. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at that or have heard that, uh, or even if you're surprised by that move. Well, actually, I'm I'm really not surprised in that Speaker Chop has someone far to the left of him running against him uh, in Seattle this year, and his only attainable political position is to move to the left. But in this fiscal crisis, even Speaker Jenkins has admitted it would probably be a minimum of 18 months before you could ever collect a income tax on capital gains. So it's not going to solve this problem. And there is ways for large corporations to get around it. Do you really think for one minute this would stay at $500,000 salaries or companies over a specified number of employees? Absolutely not. This would grow uh, in more ways, and it's not even really dedicated to closing the gap in the budget we have now. As I read the Times article, it calls out for new spending in many areas, not just plugging the gap, and it won't because, of course, the crown jewel of liberals is some form of an income tax, and you won't see any money for 18 months. So in the meantime, you've got to close this gap, and every day, every week, every month, it only gets worse. If you look at successful businesses, they, they see problems coming. They start trimming their sales. Government has to do the same as what a successful business entity or even well-run local governments will say, hey, things aren't working as they should. Let's pull the reins in a little bit. Senator Shessler, I believe it was Wednesday that the state auditor announced that her department would be doing an audit on ESD and the however many millions, anywhere from 650 to 900, depending on what you read, um, that was basically taken by the Nigerian prince through the through the scams. Um, I'm sorry if I'm a little skeptical, but any department that's got a head that's been appointed by Governor Inslee, I don't necessarily think um, we're going to get 
as thorough of an investigation as we should. What do you think that we are going to find out from this audit, and is this going to provide us um, with the answers that we're looking for, or is this another way to try and shift or hide accountability? Well, first of all, the state auditor is an elected position, not an appointee. ESD is a fundraiser who is appointed, but... uh, whether you like our state auditor or not, she was elected by the people. And this audit came as a direct result of a letter that Senator Ron Mazal from the 10th District put out for members to sign, asking for her to use her powers as state auditor to go through those books. And going through those books is not a partisan drill, and I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to be partisan about it. I'll be optimistic that she can get to some of the root problems here. And if, say, there is a finding and she goes through the books and finds that there was uh, serious, serious holes, there were there were not there were not uh, safeguards in place, so on and so forth. Then what ultimately could be recommended by the state auditor is action to take? Yeah. Well, the state auditor will recommend corrections. And I believe If it's serious enough, it should be turned over to prosecutors or the attorney general for action as early as possible. And there should be consequences for the director and bureaucrats that allowed this to happen. I deal with I deal with people every single day that are caught in this crazy thing. Let me give you a total for this week. Our legislative assistants, just in the Senate Republican Caucus, put together a list of 300 people that have waited weeks on end to get a legitimate benefit. That's just one of four caucuses, 21 off, 21 offices, 300 people. That, as I read these stories, it's oftentimes a single mom. It's a family with dad unemployed, mom working part-time waiting for weeks, and in some cases, they've been treated rudely by bureaucrats. And that's just not right. Uh, These people came on to unemployment through no fault of their own. They should be treated with dignity, fairly and promptly. It shouldn't take the legislative staff doing the work of employment security to bring help to these families. Now, Senator, I don't know if this was a question that has been asked regarding that yet or not, but the majority of the money that was stolen, was this all state-generated unemployment, or was this also was there also the federal money uh, that was promised, the extra $600 a week that was included in what was stolen as well? Well, it's a combination. Uh, some of the people were relatively low-wage earners, so the $600 a month from the federal government was a majority of it in other cases uh not so much but you know at the end of the day it's all hard-working taxpayers money mm-hmm. senator mark chesler from the ninth legislative district the senate republican leader we thank you for your time this afternoon sir we'll let you get back to the tractor before uh any rain comes down great to be with you gentlemen always a pleasure to have you sir be safe and well senator mark chesler ninth legislative district senate republican leader Joining us here on the bottom line, take a quick time out. Back with more of your calls at 547-1610 as well. 
email, 610k1a.com, bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, and you can message us on Twitter at bottom line 610. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. News Radio 610 KONA. Robin Ed here on your Friday afternoon. Thinking about switching up your insurance? Well, contact the only American Star certified agent with American Family Insurance in town, Jason Hogue, by visiting his website, jasonhogue.com. Find out what auto insurance policies are available and how you can take advantage of teen and adult safe driver programs as well as small business insurance, farm insurance, life insurance, homeowners insurance. They've got everything that you could expect with American Family Insurance. See if you could fit under the umbrella and find out what American Family Insurance could do for you. What they've already done for their customers is give them $50 back on each car they have insured during COVID-19 and now 10% off of their policies for auto insurance for the rest of 2020. That's what being an American Family Insurance customer means. So visit jasonhoke.com today and find out if American Family Insurance is the direction you will go. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Uh, it's HVAC, gentlemen, out and about as always. What's going on? Hey, uh, just saying, I missed a couple of shows. I apologize, but uh, I think it was yesterday, Inslee was on there saying that he had no clue about the, the little. I don't know, whatever it's called, amphibious zone or whatever it is. I know that's not it, but that zone down in Seattle said he knew nothing about that. I mean, you could, I, I, I was watching that, me watching when I watched that, I, I just by look at him, you couldn't tell. I don't, you'd have to be a blatant, ignorant person to not see it in his face that he knew about it and he was absolutely lying. Like, this is ridiculous. It doesn't seem like him or the mayor have any care or concern for what's going on. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, thank you guys for what you do. Ensley's a snake. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Here's the thing. Um, there's no question he knew about it. There's no question he was being briefed on it. There's no question that he was very aware of it. But what what we have seen the governor do more often than not is when he gets a question he doesn't like, he deflects it, doesn't answer it, or comes up with something. Now, I mean, this one was was probably worse than the one that he gave Chris Hayes on MSNBC about the Public Records Act when... Chris Hayes asked him if he could veto it, and Inslee said, no, I can't. And Hayes looked at him like, you're the governor of a state. What do you mean you can't? And and he's like, well, they have a veto-proof majority. I, I can't veto it. They'll just overturn my veto. And he's looking at him like, did you just say that? This was this was up there with that answer. Uh, uh, that's news to me. Um, of course he knew about it. The thing is, as we talked about before, he believes that by patronizing to this aspect, that it will get him votes and that they will vote for him and they will keep him in office. Part of what he doesn't realize is they are protesting against him. They are protesting against organized government. They are protesting against his position. That's part of what this is. This is not a protest to elect more Democrats. This is a protest to remove authority including him, including Jenny Durkin. So if he thinks by patronizing and placating these people that they're going to mail their ballot in with a Jay Inslee checked, they're probably not going to vote at all. So he's aligning himself, instead of aligning himself with the residents and the business owners in Capitol Hill, 
he's aligning himself with a group of people that have taken over six blocks that probably aren't going to vote for him anyway. We got an email from uh, Jerry in Grandview, and Jerry writes a a really good question. Uh, Jerry writes, uh, I'm just wondering why, in general terms, the folks on this side of the state supported the Mullauer refuse uh, standoff, but has been more negative view of the Chaz standoff. Maybe because the Chaz standoff don't really have a value other than confusion and subversion. Hmm. Makes my head hurt. Think I I need a beer to cool off this red on my neck. Thanks for the email, Jerry. that's, That's a great one. And, you know, it's again, we've we've touched it on it. Uh, the two are different, but even if you want to take a more broad look at it, why support one stance against authority and not another? Um, I don't know. You know, there were some. I don't know that even those on the right, and I could be wrong, were in support necessarily. Certainly the far right, you know, the the Matt Shays of the world were very much uh, in favor of what was going on down at the, the wildlife refuge in, in Oregon a few years ago. I don't know that regular day-to-day Republicans were necessarily. Um, just like, I'll say this, just like regular day-to-day Democrats may not necessarily be okay with What's going on on Capitol Hill? They're not going to say anything because, again, they don't want to look like they're going against their elected Democratic leaders in Jenny Durkin and and Jay Inslee. Um, much to the same way, I mean, it happens on the on the right too. You know, there's there's plenty of Republicans who don't like what Trump does all the time. They don't say anything all the time. Because they don't, they, you know, look, this this whole game that we're playing, Rob, is about acquiring power in this country and keeping that power slash not losing that power. I want to point something out about what happened in Oregon. Okay, we go back and we look at what, what, what was the result, okay? We know that the reason why they went in was because of, a, was one, there were two farmers that were arrested that um, I believe it was for, for federal it was for federal land arson. They were convicted of federal land arson. They think they were thought they were wrongly convicted. So they went in. They also believe that the government lacks authority to own and manage public lands in the U.S. So there's there's also an ideology there as well. So they go in. They take over for a little bit more than a month. One man died. Another was shot. Twelve people pled guilty out of the 27, seven acquitted, four convicted, bunch of fines assessed, seven went to prison, and nothing changed. No. The government did not change the way it manages federal land, didn't give any land back, didn't do anything, didn't, didn't, didn't do anything, didn't change a thing. Um, same thing's going to happen here. Nothing's going to change. It's not going to. When the end of the day comes, it will be remembered for what it was. But you're you're not going to get this incredibly insane list of demands met. 
Um, you're not going to get anything seated. Uh, things that you're asking for are not within the purview of the city of Seattle to do, like granting citizenship to all illegal immigrants. They they don't have the power to do that. Neither does the state of Washington. Federal government has that power. So you're asking for things that they can't do. Maybe that's intentional. I don't know. But what we saw in Oregon, we saw it result in the loss of life. We saw it result in people going to jail. What they did did not change anything of how the U.S. manages public lands or giving any land back or anything else. Didn't change anything. And that goes for, I mean, whether you're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement or anything, nothing changes overnight. And I know a lot of people don't like that. Some people don't like change, so they're okay that it takes a long time. I I don't want to speak for anybody, but the, the bits and pieces that I've been able to ascertain from the peaceful protesters, the peaceful people that are looking for for positive change with racial inequalities. Yes, some of them want change yesterday. I get that. Most people, I think, want to continue the conversation, continue the progress moving forward. There has been a lot of progress made. Go back to the 1960s, okay? A ton of progress is made. Has there been enough? No, probably not. So let's keep advancing this towards uh, the equality that people want. And I think that a lot of, a majority of people that are out there peacefully demonstrating want that. They They don't want an insurrection, right? Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? It's Bob Umatilla again. You know, other than the people that live there that are in the businesses that are there, if they really wanted to stop it and really show them if they want to be a free nation, cut power, cut um, cut all ties to them, barricade it off, and let them have it, just see how long they will actually last with nothing. Appreciate the call, Bob. Here's I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna sound like a broken record. Here's the thing. There are a lot of people on the right and on the left, but you do seem to see it more on the left. I'm sorry if that offends people, but there are plenty of people on the right, I can think of a number of them off the top of my head, who act before they really think. They, They go off of ideas and passion without thinking things all the way through. Trust me, there are those on both sides of the aisle that do that. In this particular case... Whether they thought they weren't going to get this far in the process or simply just like the idea of taking over a Seattle police precinct and blocking off six block radius of the city of Seattle, they didn't think this through. They just didn't. They were passionate on day one and day two and maybe even day three, but now they're begging for people to bring them food and supplies, and demanding the city bring them porta-potties. So, yeah, cutting power to them would ruin their world, especially at night. we got to take a time out. One more segment to go. I haven't gone on my rant yet. I may save it. We'll see. Uh, this will be the perfect time. Well, we'll see. We'll see. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. You can email us, too, by going to the website, 
610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Process on News Radio 610 KONA. About a few minutes, bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA this Friday afternoon. Make sure you swing by CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator in Kennewick off of Clearwater. To get your line of defense against COVID-19, the sanitizing wash, the sanitizing gel made with hypochlorous acid, not bleach, not chemicals, not alcohol. Hypochlorous acid, when mixed with water, kills viruses and bacteria on contact. So you can get protection against COVID-19 there, as well as for a limited time, free CBD-infused beverages. And also, if you're having trouble sleeping at night with all this, ask about CBD Night and how it may help you. It's all at CBD American Shaman, right across from the Grain Elevator of Clearwater in Kennewick. AJ in Kennewick wrote us, need a good rant today. And with that... Floor is at Dawson's. <laughs> Asking ye shall receive, AJ. Look, um, I this is this is not meant to diffuse any anybody's movement and and feelings and all of whatever. This is my feeling, and one of the things that this show hopefully does is not only offer a platform to anybody who agrees or disagrees with us is welcome to speak their mind. We're the only place that you can do that here on the radio and we appreciate that but i have to say this i have to say this the the move that you know the what the the black lives matter um protests have included and this is not the first time is the destruction of confederate monuments statues things like that really not so much around here mostly in the south and and the east um where this is happening again we go through this cycle all the time unfortunately i'll get to the cycle in a moment number one i was taught long ago that if you ignore history you are doomed to repeat it here's the thing with that though when you don't learn history to begin with Are you still doomed to repeat it? Years ago, one of the things that was cut out of many schools' curriculum in an effort to have more time for testing and STEM education, all wonderful things, history was cut in a lot of places. So we have a generation that never learned or learned very little about this country's history, the good and the bad. And one of the things that I invite people to do is do research on your own. The mainstream media is not going to tell you this, and if you didn't learn this in school, I know many people listening did learn this in school, but for those that didn't learn this, I invite you to do some research on your own. You may be surprised. If you truly want to learn and and grow as an individual, I believe that the best way to do that is to go searching for answers on your own. Why do I say that? Because you will find that the Civil War 
that we had in this country many moons ago was not just North versus South. It wasn't just about slavery. It was about the Union and the Confederates. The Confederates were Democrats, Democrats that owned slaves. They wanted to, among other things, keep the right to own slaves, Democrats. Abraham Lincoln, the president at the time, was against that. He was a Republican. So what happened? What happened all those years ago? Because clearly now, if you listen to anybody in mainstream media or otherwise, the Republicans are the bad ones and the Democrats are the good guys. The Democrats want the black vote. They want the Hispanic vote. They are trying to level the playing field. But are they really? Are they really? Or are they trying to just, again, going back to a a point that we made not that long ago, are they trying to just simply get reelected? To keep the power or gain power, but for those to get reelected, to retain the power that they currently have. I invite you on your own to do some research. Senator Robert Byrd. Hmm. A A known member of the Ku Klux Klan, a Democrat who was around forever. There is a statue of him in the U.S. Capitol because he was a former U.S. senator and, and did a bunch of things. Member of the KKK, should his statue be coming down too? He was a Democrat. Just things to think about. I could go on for a long time. We're running out of time. But I really invite you to really do research on your own and see what you come up with. Be open to looking at things. Look at good sources. If you think the source isn't good, go to some other place. Look up history. Because there's a segment of the population that never learned this the first time around because they weren't taught it in school. So go look for it yourself. What are we really battling over in this country right now? What is it? Is it really a race war? Is it really things that, I don't know, could have been addressed during eight years under an African-American president? Could it really have been that? Could, Could things have been fixed during that time? Just invite you to do some research on your own. Appreciate everybody tuning in, calling in. Senator Mark Schessler, our guest. For Rob, I'm Ed. Afternoon Report next. 